Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 gigawatts. I'm Peter, but I'm not on the screen. On the screen is Matt. Hey, bonjour. And unfortunately, uh, Connor. Matt was far too impressed with his his use of French there. Yeah, I don't get to use it very often. <laughs> do you, Do you know many more words or sentences? We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it knows the same. I I assumed I assumed you knew more French than I did, but now I'm pretty sure you don't. No. Excellent, excellent. It's because they don't have great food for me to order. It's how I learned Spanish. That's fair. Uh, that's, that, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is 1.21 gigawatts. Uh, this is our new movie review show. Uh, I am not on the screen because I did not see this movie. I'm just here to intro and yeah. pass the baton off to uh, these two guys. Only if we could have made you see it, you oh, would have. It was not oh. happening. I, I was not going to go see the new live-action version of Beauty and the Beast. I'm good, thank you very much. But these two guys were excited, so I am going to vacate the premises, and I'm going to leave these two guys in your cap- capable hands. Take it away, guys. All right, so where to start, Connor? i start with the intro? Cause yeah. In, in grand fashion, uh, if you're familiar with 1.21 or Influx. We're going to start off spoiler-free. Then we're going to hit the castle walls and and jump into spoilers there. That said, f- for the most part, if you've seen the, the animated original, mm-hmm. you kind of know most of it. Yeah. Um, although they make some character and storyline changes. I mean, you had to fill up the two hours and ten minutes runtime. Yeah. Right? Uh, so it's not... It's the same, but it's not quite the same. So yeah. it did make me question, outside of the money aspect, why they decided to remake it so faithfully. Yeah, it is a, a weird choice. It is such a straight adaptation. It's basically just changed the, the medium from animation to live action, and that's it with a few little bits. It doesn't yeah. seem like that there was any sort of new interpretation to be added. No, and Bill Condon, the director, he's known for these big, lush musicals, right? I haven't mm. seen too many, because my, my love of musical stops at Mary Poppins and Hamilton, right? So, but in the lead-up to this, that's all I had heard was that Bill Condon's kind of a, the right person, yeah. uh, because he brings that atmosphere to it. So, he does hear... It's definitely the standout is he brought this animated world with talking candelabras and clocks and armoires to life, I think, as well as he could have. Yeah, and I definitely think the direction is at its strongest during the musical numbers as well. Yeah. My dog my dog agrees because he heard musical numbers and <laughs> now he's got to come and make his own. Every time. Yeah. Uh, the way the camera moves throughout, like, especially during the opening musical sequence – not not the you know the backstory of the beast, but the first one with Bell, which I think is yeah. the the song Bell. It kind of mimics the animated, but it, you know yeah, takes advantage lots of, of the live uh, action set. Sweep, sweeping over the the sets and showing what what they've built and and just showing yeah. off what they've done and to recreate things from the animated version, basically. Well, and it it gives a really great like geographical look of the the town. Because I think some of that comes into town or town comes into play later uh, when plot points start to happen. Yeah, definitely. So 
I really appreciate stuff like that, but the the act like the direction of the actors I thought was fine. Yeah, it was outside of the musical numbers. It was mm-hmm. kind of like uh, okay, it's very standard. There's nothing to complain about, but there's nothing yeah. to to really praise it for either. And and I really wanted to praise Emma Watson because you know I I like her a lot, much to mm-hmm. Pete's dismay. And you know he's muted now, so mm-hmm. you know he can't. Yeah, yeah, can't, can't, can't fight back. <laughs> Which is always the best. Yeah, but. I mean, like you said, there's nothing really to complain about. She was fine as Belle, you know. I thought she was very she, good, uh, other than her singing, which yeah, very it, very British for for a story set in France. In France, yeah. Everyone's very British, but that, that's fine. But her singing is you really pick up on her accent. Yeah, and it's just it's not that great singing you can tell you can hear where the engineers have had to put in a lot of work to to fix her voice and it comes off as a problem because most of the singing of other characters sounds like it's on screen you know like where they're in that room but with with emma watson singing it never quite matches the room tone it always sounds like it's coming from a speaker which is is kind of a problem i figure you'd pick up on that you're the the, yeah yeah here but yeah, and I thought, I mean, those are pretty famous songs in my household because my this is my wife's favorite movie of all time, the 1991 animated version. So, you know, like it or not, I know these songs, and they just, coming out of Emma Watson, they felt a little bit off. Same with Ewan McGregor in his Lumiere during Be Our Guest. I quite liked his, but then I, I don't have quite the same attachment, I don't think. Yeah, I just... Some of the delivery just felt weird because, you know, it's like a cover version of a song you mm. really know. Yeah, and especially know? on a first listen, it's always weird, isn't it? Even even if eventually yeah. you're like, oh, I quite like this. At first, yeah. there's always just something a bit different. Yeah. That said, the counter to that is Dan Stevens. I didn't know that dude could sing like that. Like, No, I had no idea. He was fantastic. He had this big baritone that's fitting of a beast. Mm. Like, Robbie Benson in the original, it's always so weird. Because he has this weird boyish voice coming out of this massive character. But with Dan Stevens, it fit. And then uh, the new song they made for this, Forevermore, which is like Beast's yeah. lamenting ballad. Like, he nailed it. And then to have Josh Groban sing, like, the radio version. Yeah, and they yeah. sound similar. I thought that was – that's some nice direction on, on Condon's part. And Dan Stevens, who I'm not that familiar with. Uh, I'm going to watch Legion. I need that's on my to-do list. Yeah. Um, but w- are you familiar with him at all? Beyond Legion, not really. Yeah. He was in a uh, Downton Abbey, right? Yeah, I don't watch that. Yeah. Butlers. I yeah. That. Uh, uh, my girlfriend like was proper into it, so I've caught bits. Okay. But yeah. yeah. Well, I was impressed by him. I mean, he. I know they they really CG'd him up with motion capture and whatnot to play the beast, but. I really felt his presence throughout the whole movie. Definitely. And I think that's something we should touch on. The, the CG in general, yeah. I think, is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. It never feels out of place. It, it never looks bad. No. Uh, it And I think because they did the combination of practical and CG when it came to the castle. Yeah. Uh, like, you buy that she's really walking down that grand staircase. Yes. And that even the beast is there, even though he's CG. And... It gives a tactile feeling to everything. My, my biggest problem with the CG was it felt like um, 
him him and bell never really touched all that much like because yeah. they didn't want to see the the cg interacting with, with the physical yeah. as, as little with, as possible with the story i get that um, it, it works it just it felt every so often i'd yeah. be like they're really trying to avoid it just as much as they can yeah uh the the characters that were cg cogsworth and lumiere i thought those looked really well um yeah really, really well just the way that they all interacted, I thought was, you know, the complete opposite of Bell and Beast because they're all on the same plane. Yeah. Right. So I, I liked seeing like Lumiere interact with the Feather Duster. Mm. Like they actually, you buy their relationship because they're always caressing and he's yeah. dancing with her and it sells his character. And I thought Ewan McGregor on top of that was a great Lumiere despite the weird scene. Yeah. Yeah, and I know he said in interviews that he really struggled with the the French accent. Yeah, for a long time it came out sounding Mexican. He said he had to redo the entire thing. Yeah, but in the trailer that, that that was one of my major concerns was his like he he sounded like Tuppy yeah. LePew. Yeah, but in the actual movie it's toned down and you know yeah it's, I think it's it better than good. I expected. Yeah, and then you have Ian McKellen playing Cogsworth, which he's is there a bad <laughs> choice? No, the old put upon clock. I just that's so perfect for him. Exactly. And there's a fun story beat they do, but that'll that'll be beyond the spoiler wall mm. uh, when it comes to him. I thought that fleshed out that character because the '91 animated movie it's only like 80 minutes, so at most 90. None of those characters have really developed outside the main two and Gaston. No, that's bad. Yeah, so here. They can give those little tidbits with Mrs. Potts and Cogsworth, Lumiere, that I think flush out the movie. And it doesn't feel like filler. Yeah, I think that's ultimately the biggest selling point for watching this version over the animated is that you have these relationships like Lumiere and the and the Feather Duster is yeah. a fantastic relationship that, as far as I can remember, existing. Yeah. But it's great and it works. Yeah. Uh, that was a thing in the original that they had played with but got cut for time because they have a whole number called human again right that that's about them and then it's it's even more featured in the broadway version of it right okay yeah so i thought this was going to introduce some of those elements and it did its own thing which i'm glad so now each the animated the broadway the live action they're all distinct even though they're the same story yeah uh which i was worried about a lot of overlapping so i'm glad that we didn't get too much Compared mm. with like last year's Jungle Book, which was kind of its own brand new, yeah, that story. Was... See, uh, so there's the three main ones so far, right? Jungle Book, this, and Cinderella. Cinderella, yeah. And Cinderella was a lot closer to this than it was Jungle Book, where it was yeah. was pretty much a straight adaptation of the animated mm-hmm. film. Yeah, and I I think where Cinderella had its merits, where Kenneth Branagh really brought a style yeah yeah that flushed out the movie whereas it wasn't too beholden to the source material because cinderella is a story that's been told a thousand times over even more so than beauty and the beast it's different versions Mm. so you know i was hoping this was going to take it more jungle book track but you know it's fine that it was more cinderella yeah Uh, my wife who's a big fan was really worried and she came out you know she had tears in her eyes by the end because it wasn't a mess well that's an achievement i mean that says something itself doesn't it (laughs) yeah and 
I mean, I told her, now you know how I feel every time a new Superman movie comes out, where <laughs> you're you're waiting, and then he's like, at least yours was good. I had to go through <laughs> Returns and Man of Steel. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Uh, going to the other side, we, we've talked about the heroes, and Bell. And what are heroes without good villains? And I thought Gaston, kind of like in the original, steals some scenes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Luke Evans, he's another one I didn't realize could sing. And yeah. then you look up his, uh, his, his, not filmography, but his, you know, career. Mm. And there's some Broadway stuff in there. Like, he's a versatile like actor. Yeah, I've only known him as an action guy from, like, Dracula Untold and one of the fast movies. Yeah, it was, it was in the, the Hobbit movies, right? Oh, that's right. He was Bard the Bowman. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. Although I tried to forget those movies. I only saw <laughs> the first two. Whole whole lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, you missed you missed out on the worst one. So good choice. That's good. I know when when Pete was telling me about dragon sickness, I was just like, yeah, I'm glad I missed it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought his scenes like at the beginning because again I'm very familiar with this. Out in the '91 animated movie, he's out and out a villain, like from the time you meet him. Yeah. Here, I felt like he actually had an arc, but that arc really, he has a, in wrestling, we call it a heel turn, right? Right. He has a major heel turn in this. And I thought, which was weird, because in the beginning, you're just like, oh, he's kind of just a brutish guy that, yeah. he really wants to marry Belle. He likes he, her. He's kind of, he's a he's a military man, basically. And he's like, yeah, yeah I mean, I've, I've got respect and command, but I want kids, basically, and, and she's... Yeah. She is what I want. Yeah. And outside of that, I don't get that he's like, oh, he's a knucklehead, but he's not out and right bad like you get in that song where he's like, he, uh, we're going to marry and I'm going to change you to the bed. You're going to have like 12 kids. Yeah. He never treats her badly. He, he no. brings her flowers. He propositions. She says no. And he's a bit pushy. Yeah. Admittedly, yeah. he is pushy, but he doesn't, you know, he, he leaves when she goes inside a house. Yeah, and there's none of that in like the '91 movie where he makes fun of her for reading, or mm. is just like, "Oh, you're a woman, you do what I say." So, yeah. when that heel turn does come, not that it was out of place, it just felt off because I was like, "Oh, they're doing something different with Gaston." And yeah, um, I, I really appreciate it. I thought it was quite interesting what they were doing. Yeah, and then you have LeFou, Josh Gad, who he's another guy that just steals. He is fantastic, scenes. isn't he? Although hearing him sing, I couldn't get past Olaf, the snowman from Frozen. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. He doesn't have much range, so he does not. No. Yeah. And but as an actor, I just I like him a lot. He's, yeah, especially as a as a comedic actor as well. Yeah, he, he brings, brings a lot, lot of to, comedy beats to LeFou, and there was a lot of controversy about his character being gay, and it was a big deal, which. I honestly Unless don't understand. Unless you're looking for it, you, you wouldn't don't even notice, notice it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I knew. So his, the way he speaks to Gaston, it's like, okay, I get it. He he has a thing for him. Yeah. You, you kind of, you get that. But, mm-hmm. and then I think the, the, the farthest they go, because they, they had a whole thing where he's explicitly gay was the, was all the, the headlines. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it was one shot of him dancing with a man. That's yeah. it. That yeah. That's literally got- it. It got blown out of proportion, and you know like, everyone had expected it. At least the people I know had expected it to be with Gaston, so they were 
trying to yeah. figure it out. And then, so when it did happen, they're like, oh, that that's it? Okay. Because well, there was countries like, I think it was Malaysia, that won't even show the it. film. Yeah, they yeah. banned it, and, and they said, unless you cut it. And Disney took a stance, and they said, no, we're not cutting this. And I respect that a lot. Yeah. And it's, I actually respect it more after seeing it because of how easy it would have been to cut away because you'd lose about yeah. two seconds of footage. So they yeah. could have done it so easily, but they yeah. didn't. So you've got to respect that at least. Oh, of course. And I'm glad they did stick to their guns on it. And, I mean, if you're in Malaysia and want to see it, I don't know what to tell you. That that stinks. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, yeah, pretty much. Because it, it is much ado about nothing. Yeah, so. there is almost – I'm surprised that I'm not hit seeing – like backlash online about them not going far enough with it frankly yeah because that, that that was the other thing i was worried about is the people that take that as a championship cause and yeah are gonna make a big deal and you know it would have only distracted from the movie i think and i'm glad that they didn't and i don't even think my nieces who are eight and five they didn't pick up on it it was really there for the adults it was it was and and that's I think that's the smart way to do it because I got a kick out of it. It mm. you know it made me enjoy those scenes a little bit a little bit more knowing that oh of course LeFou is obsessed with Gaston you know yeah yeah so it, it added more depth which is what this I think story kind of needed in parts. I agree, and this is where it comes from. Even though they don't show it that much that he's gay, you knowing it. And then viewing it through that lens, it is really obvious. And it does add that depth, like you say. Yeah, definitely. So I think now we can head into the woods, right? Like Maurice and yeah, and hop those, hop the spoiler gate. Oh, actually, I'll just say one okay. thing about the some of the songs, the actual mix of the of the tracks. Whenever there was people, uh, a crowd of people singing. It yeah. kind of blended into the music a lot, and there was a lot of lines that I just okay. didn't catch because it w they didn't make it clear enough. And I think it's just a bit of a technical issue there that they could have sorted. So do you think that could have been your speakers too at the... No, because it's the same the cinema. Movie. I see everything, and okay, there's never a problem on anything else. Gotcha. See, that's something I wouldn't pick up on, so yeah. that's why I was wondering. Uh, mm. I, I had considered that. that, but I'd been in the exact gotcha. same screen only a week ago. It's like, eh, no, okay. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah. So so we can agree that before we jump to the spoilers, that it is a decent movie and it is worth a watch. It's I'd, I'd go as far as say it's it's a good movie. Okay. It's I mean, obviously the original is an excellent movie. Oh well. First first animated film ever to be nominated for Best Picture exactly. Academy and Awards. This doesn't live up to that, I don't think. No. But it doesn't do anything wrong either. It just it doesn't do enough new things. It doesn't do enough to justify itself to be considered a great film. Yeah, but it's it's oh, solid and enjoyable that. almost yeah. all the time. Glad I'm glad that I went and saw it. Yeah. So, uh, not not so much the theater experience when your wife chooses the first showing on a Saturday, and you have a kid running back and forth behind you the whole time. Yeah, that that was that must be rough. And you can't not be petty because there's a little bit of Gaston and Beast in you. And you yeah. lean back so the kid can't pass. And <laughs> <laughs> 31 people. I uh, can't let things go. But speaking of not letting things go, that's going to be the most awkward segue in, in the history, I think, of the show. You know, but That's not great. No, we're going to venture into spoiler territory. So if you do want to see this unspoiled, you know, this is where we would get off and say thanks for watching. 
Uh, but if you do want to hear spoiler thoughts, then let, let's venture into that castle and and talk about some of the main differences here between the animated and the live action. Uh, the first of which that caught me that I really loved was a nice backstory on the prince before he's mm. the beast. Yeah. And we see the event that he's at when he gets turned because a old like lady comes knocking on the door. There's this big gala going on. It's very French. Very French. Very Louis the who is it? Fourteenth with Marie Antoinette. Is Sounds about right. Sixteenth. I don't know French history. Yeah, I mean, oh, I just know Marquis Lafayette. It's got the ornate face paints and all the, the big yeah. gowns and, and, the, and you basically might as well have masks. Well, yeah, and he looks less human, and I like that they mm. they do that. Is he's well, not less human, but he doesn't look like a traditional royal. They make yeah. a big deal that he's this brat that gets what he wants when he wants, and mm. uh, so when the old woman comes offering him a rose, and he makes fun of her, and everyone in the court, you know, decides they're going to join in. Yeah. It really it added to the witch. <laughs> Or the Enchantress, not the witch. Changing everybody that was there mm. into something. Because it, it, kind of, it felt like they all deserved it rather than right. just him. Rather than just being in circumstances like they can't control what this guy does. But, you know, if they're going to be his servants there, then they're going to serve him yeah. as a beast. And, you know, uh, that's how they become these household objects. And on top of that, she makes the town forget that the castle's even there. Yeah, which and, and was always forget a, that any of the people that they knew in there forget who they are, right? Which was always a sticking point in the original movie with me. Is I was like, well, come nobody notices this big old castle in yeah. the middle of the forest, you know? Yeah. Like Gaston hunts there, he should know about a castle. So I thought that was a nice touch because later in the movie, when Maurice comes back, it really adds to him being made out to be crazy. Like, there's this castle in the woods, and a beast lives there. And yeah, it's like, come on, mate. We'd know about that. Right. So I thought that was the first big change that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And... One of the changes I really liked was that the beast appreciates the books. He reads. Yeah. And he kind of just let, let, puts this down to, well, he had a rich education. And mm-hmm. that's what makes it make sense for me. Of course he's read all the – well, not all of them, like he says. But of course he's read a lot of these, and – that, that's, he, he was he was rich and he would have had that education yeah. and had to read a lot of these things. Yeah. So it, it makes a lot more sense for him to even have this library in general because of that. Yeah. Well, and and that whole conversation that starts it where she's quoting Shakespeare mm. and he starts quoting it back and he he pokes fun at her for liking Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and, and I actually really like this because it actually gives them a bond, which yeah. For like, it's the first one where you can see this is the connection. This is why they have this uh, this relationship. There is a a shared interest at the core that we're where before he doesn't even really like books. It didn't really ring right. true in that sense. Yeah, in the original, it's always like, oh, you like books? There's a library. Here, it's yeah. like, oh, she likes to read. Let's let's you know, let's bond let me over open that up to her. Yeah. yeah, and just I thought that was a nice humanizing moment. For him, as he's a beast, yet they can still have that shared connection. It doesn't feel as well. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like Stockholm syndrome at that point. No, it doesn't. And that's and that's so, what I was really happy about. Yeah, because she's not being forced to be there. You know, like yeah, he's she's still the prisoner, but 
she's there to, to you know talk books almost like there is a friendship there at first yeah, yeah and then exactly. that even adds to him being sad when she leaves because mm. he has fallen for her more than she's <laughs> you know in love with the beast and yeah yeah one of the things that they added i didn't like although i understand why they did it was he has a magic book that can take them anywhere yeah i thought that was a little bit strange <laughs> it's like, like it's like we need to add five minutes to this yeah, I was like, cool, we get to see, you know, old Paris, right? Because Notre Dame or Notre Dame, it's Notre yeah. Dame here in, in the States. But, you know, Notre Dame is there and you have the, the river where it splits and it looks great. And some mm. imagery with the windmill and it serves as the backstory to Belle's mother, why she's not around. But and ultimately it doesn't do much for the film. You could cut no, it and you wouldn't really lose much. If, if I'm the beast and I have this magic book that can take me anywhere... I'm not gonna sit around moping that I'm a beast. Like, I'd be go, you'd be go. Hey, let's go to the jungle. Let's go on a bit of a, yeah. an, an exploration. Let's have some fun. Exactly. No one's gonna so see me out there. Where, yeah. And again, I get why it's there and how it adds to the character that he's this tortured soul that you know he can't even go out in the world because yeah. he's a beast. But man, yeah, just don't go to Paris. I'm sure there's places that would. You know, yeah, it's just, him. it feels really weird. I mean, I get that it's the nice moment of, it, it leads her bonding with her father a little bit mm -hmm. more, but yeah. I just, it doesn't feel necessary at all. No, not at all. But like you said, it was filler in the, oh, we need five minutes, we can do a nice thing. Which yeah. I did like the whole plague aspect with, with her mother, and that's why she's, mm. you know, been raised by her father, and they don't talk about mom. And, but you could have done that in another. You could have done that through dialogue and exposition. I think the thing is, know? I don't think it was important to hear why. I mean, we because we get early on that he's uncomfortable. That Morris is uncomfortable mm -hmm. talking about his wife. He kind of gives a little tidbits here and there, and yeah. and that's about it. And I don't know if I needed to know. Oh, she died from the plague. You get enough that something went wrong, and he has been forced to raise this girl on his own, and. And she uh, she appreciates what what he's done for her his her whole life. Yeah, I, I don't think you need to see any more than that. Ultimately, which is kind of just takes yeah. away from it a little bit for me. I guess a little. I still, you know, I still like the added. Anytime you add backstory to a woman's story, yeah, yeah it's it. it's it's nice, but I don't but see I, the point of it. Yeah, I just didn't need a magic book taking them to a windmill in Paris for yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, some of the other things, well, I mean, the 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 fight when Gaston. So I guess I should set that up better. His heel turn comes with Maurice leading them back to the castle to save Belle. Yeah. And they can't find this castle, and it has to do with the Enchantress's magic and and a forever winter placed upon the castle. Hmm. So Gaston, who's this kind of brutish guy that, okay, he can't take no for an answer. Decides he's gonna commit murder by tying Maurice to a tree to leave him for the wolves. Yeah, that's kind of dark. Way to way to crank it up to ten, man. Like, this this literally goes from hey, I want to marry your daughter to yeah. hey, if I leave you die, you can't stop me marrying your daughter. Which Maurice never objected before. Yeah, like, like, he like I, you can't I, I honestly her. think that hey, if you'd rescued his daughter. He might have gone, sure, Maria, you, you, you just saved her life. You just freed her from yeah. 
imprisonment for for the next 60 70 years right. you, you know you might you might get a marriage out of that yeah i just thought i was like wow okay well we know he's definitely the villain now and he's not this misunderstood guy yeah but man there wasn't any way to ease into it you just jump into that pool full yeah. go i do uh, like that lafu's like hey you sure about this and and he's even yeah. when they get back to town it's like maybe we should go back and get him yeah yeah well i like that lafu's the conscience there yeah and even i mean and that sets up the enchantress who's always been there the whole time she's never left she masquerades as you know this uh what was she a widowed woman that has to be yeah yeah agatha agatha and then you see her kind of living like a, a witch in the woods, which was way off too. That was another thing that I thought was that was something that I did add. Yeah, because we we see her around the town a, like a good handful yeah. of times, and then this one bit where she just is in the woods, rescues him, and takes him into a tree thing in the woods. Yeah, like, what? It it was odd to say the to say yeah. the least on that. Because because the next thing then you get is. Uh, Gaston coming back into the the tavern yeah. and Maurice is sitting there. I was like, oh okay, they came back. I, I didn't yeah. get that implication from what what we'd seen before. Yeah. Well, and we know how dangerous the wolves are because they chase Maurice there, and we we've seen them fight with Beast at this point, and mm. yeah. So like, Gaston knew what he was doing. It's not like he was kind of like, oh well, hopefully he can survive this, and it's, exactly. not, it's not on me. Yeah, it's out. He commits, you know, it's at least an attempted murder. Mm. So, and then, you know, we get the, the beats from the movie that they're, you know, Belle comes back to help her dad because they're going to lock him up for being crazy yeah. now. And she comes back with the magic mirror. It shows the beast. They decide to storm this castle, which now they can find for whatever reason. Can't find it, you know, when it's just the two of them, but an angry mob. Yeah, it's all it's all those torches, isn't it? It's like the light led the way. It's like, oh, we can see it now. We've got enough light. Yeah. Although nothing about it could have been the magic mirror too, where he says, "Show me the castle." That could That's have had true. something to do. Yeah. With it. But they don't outright say it. I don't think. Which which that leads to the you know servants fighting back and. Which is know, really cool. A, yeah, because you get uh, these newer characters, of uh, played by Stanley Tucci as one of them. He's the yeah. harpsichord. Yep. Can't remember his name. I have to look it up real quick. Um, uh, it's, it's just he's the Hobbs Accord. He plays himself. Yeah, and he has he has quite a few comedic beats with just little musical moments that he kind of peppers into a scene himself. Yeah, yeah. So. Which I thought was cool to see Tucci, but I didn't feel like it was a Tucci performance because he's stuck as a harpsichord. You know, like yeah, and he's, he's got no, no physicality to it. Yeah, so. Um, you do get some bits of comedy when he's spitting his teeth, which are the piano keys. Mm. And then when he becomes human, he's missing his teeth. So yeah. I thought that was a fun moment. Uh, but they lead an attack and hold them off until the beast who's, you know, out in love with Belle. And uh, they have the moment with Gaston and the castle is crumbling because of the petals. Yes. Uh, which I thought was another nice touch we didn't touch on is as the petals drop, it, and it makes things more permanent. It creates a rumble around the castle, and pieces of it fall and yeah. starts to look like ruins. And this is going on as Gaston's attacking the beast, and that's what leads to his fall, which I thought was a cool touch. Yeah, I really like that actually, because it's kind of his own insistence on shooting and yep. standing there and taking the shot is what killed him. It, it right. was nothing more than because that. he had yeah he had ample opportunity to leave. He's, yeah. he's wounded this thing. 
he knows that Bell's not going to come back with him. And he, and he could have left, but his insistence on standing where he is to take the shot yep. is what ultimately le- leads to him falling to his death. Which, And again, I like with, with Luke Evans, too, because he has this physicality to him. Yeah. And he starts to play the hunter in that scene, which you're teased with the whole movie, and you don't really see it. But he's hunting down this beast, and he's trying to go toe-to-toe with him. Like, there's no fear in his eyes. Yeah, because obviously he's uh, less muscular than Gaston yeah. in the movie, but he's yeah. he's very athletic and mm-hmm. he he has the the raw physicality to still make that believable. Yeah, so uh, that was just it was weird seeing him take shots at the beast with with the musket and the crossbow, and they really do a number on him uh, before, and you know he outright dies. Before Bell can can profess the love, which I thought was another weird change, you know. Yeah, I thought it was weird, especially when it made like the entrances kind of seem like she just kind of went back on her word. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. there wasn't really a a point to what you did then if you were just going to ignore yeah. ignore your own thing anyway. Right, and yeah, by the last pedal, and it falls, and it, it makes you know Lumiere and Cogsworth they all become. Which I, I really like that moment because obviously those two are last and they're like watching everyone go and change yeah. and lose their life essentially. Yep. And Lumiere's there for Cogsworth telling him, it'll be okay, I promise you, my friend. Yeah. And then, oh man, you got to see him turn into a clock. Yeah. So, it's I touching. mean, there's some good emotional beats there, but it, story-wise, I just tell the Enchantress come out and be like, yo, just kidding. Yeah, that is kind of how it felt. It was like... It, it kind of felt like it had nothing to do with Bell. It was a, it was almost like, hey, I was going to let this run out anyway, and then yeah. just go, hey, now you know what it's like. Yeah. That's, well, this whole thing, he's been like this for like, they, they don't touch on how long, but it's been a while. I mean, it has to have been. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was just a, a, an odd thing. But then we could see Dan Stevens. You know, finally on screen for the first time since the movie, and it, you know plays out beats from from the original. Um, pretty nice ending where the villagers that are still there now remember because the spell's been yeah, a couple lifted. of families reunited. Yeah, and you have uh, you find out that Mrs. Potts is married to uh, Mr. Potts, who was named earlier in the movie, and you don't really put the two together. Yeah, and. You know, oh, he has a son that he remembers with yeah, Chip. And, and and Cogsworth is with his, his wife is like, oh, turn me back into a clock. Turn me back into a clock. Because you see through the whole movie that this character that's his wife is just like a horrible lady in town. Yeah. And when she's like, oh, my my husband. And that's where he starts like, oh, I'd rather be the clock again. I don't want to deal yeah. with her. It was nice. Like, I, I miss Lumiere. Yeah. And so, you know, it ends on the same note as the original movie and all sudden and done i just it was a nice experience to see i don't think like i think my theater was offering imax and 3d and whatnot you don't you don't need it for it nah you know um but like connor said earlier it's definitely a very good movie yeah it's it's, it's nothing that you need to rush out and see but no. It's worth a watch, if not in the cinema, you know, when the home release comes out. It's worth sitting down and spending your two hours or so on it. It's definitely yeah. worth that. I know. We, we compared it to Cinderella. Um, I think I preferred Cinderella a little more. 
But I think that had to do with Cinderella wasn't a musical, and it it was more of a period piece. And I I really liked what uh, what Bernard did with uh, yeah with the story. Bernard's direction was great on it. Yeah, and and here, not that Bill Condon's not great. Like the like we said, the musical scenes really come together. That Gaston didn't even talk about. Uh, yeah, I guess my favorite because the the yeah. lighting work in there yeah. is really interesting. What it does with the lights and the shadows, it, well, it creates a it's scene. It's a stage show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he, which is what that scene's always meant to be. Yeah, so. and it's it's the time where it actually feels like the most, and it, it feels like it has its own style for the first time in the movie. Yeah, that's that's very apt. It does. That, that's where it comes alive. I felt the same with the Gaston scene in yeah. the tavern because it's a big chorus. Yeah. that involves the whole town and they're almost talking him up. I like they put that spin on it because he's kind of depressed because he's been turned down for the first time. Yeah, and, yeah, but it's like they, they kind of respect him. He he is yeah. this respected man in the community and because mm-hmm. he's not an out-and-out villain, like you say, yeah. at this point, it's just like, hey, hey let's, let's cheer the dude up. Exactly. And so it, it just it told a story within that, which I'm always a fan of, mm. is where you can take songs which is why i'm such a big fan of hamilton is there songs that tell smaller stories of the bigger story yeah and it's not just there to deliver exposition it's like almost a short in and of itself and be our guest is the same way uh yeah in in that scene whereas uh something there which is my favorite song from the original isn't um it just feels like a musical number thrown in the movie because Mm. they kind of had to that said it leads to my biggest laugh of the movie where they have the snowball fight and <laughs> yes he just she throws he, she, the one sm- snowball and it's just it's a regular sized snowball yeah. and he looks up and he just grabs a massive paw full of snow chugs it right at her and she goes flying and it, back and it is right fantastic. yeah which you don't think they're gonna do because then the 91 version you know it he doesn't end up doing it and it ends up dropping on him and it's a fun laugh here i'm just like yeah, that's probably what I would have done. I would have taken yeah. it a little too far. Hey, I, I actually really like it because they show he he has anger issues. I yeah. mean, understandably, because he's trapped in this form and he's not who he right. is. <laughs> and he's frustrated with, with life. And every so often it comes out in outbursts like this. <laughs> right. Just takes it a little too far. We, yeah, he just, he just doesn't have that restraint. We, we, we call that with, with my younger cousins growing up. Where it's, oh, he's going to do some jerk stuff now. Because you've you've pushed his buttons, and he doesn't know where the line is. Um, anything else to add on on this remake? No, I think I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah. So if you have to give it a rating, what are what are you giving it? Yeah, I think I give it the the same as what I actually gave Cinderella, a seven point five out of ten. That's fair. That's that's probably where I'd put it. I'd put it there. Because uh, because if my wife finds out that I give it anything lower than that, um, she gonna, might kill you. Yeah, that that's it. And, and she has YouTube, you know, so like this is yeah. hidden. She she yeah, can check. Seven, even though I did enjoy Cinderella more, I'll, I'll give them equal scores because they are about the same. Yeah, it just depends, I think, on on the format that they're presenting it in. So yeah, so I think that gets the mild mild fuzz seal. Is do check it out, but don't rush out. Yeah, this is the voice of God. You two are out of time. This must end. Poor people are watching this in pain. With you two rambling on. I'm here to finish it. That's how I know you're not God. A, because you're Scottish. B, uh, 
Because I'm in my brain, God's Australian because that's the best accent. But <laughs> how, how is that the best accent? Oh no, it is. I prefer it. That's it. Uh, I'm with him on that. It's not the yeah, best accent. But, yeah, but no, I, I think we offered a pretty concise in uh, review of 2017's Beauty and the Beast. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll take your word. I was watching It's Always Sunny in the other room. I'll, oh, I'll take your word yeah. for it. Uh, one word, uh, they're trying to prove they're not white trash with the swimming pools. It's very good, actually. Uh, if, if you recall that episode, if you've seen it. Uh, yeah. But no, uh, that, that was uh, 1.21 gigawatts about Beauty and the Beast. Let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot if you do. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates. Individual Twitters for these two. Matt of Steel 57 for Matt. Connor Ryan 94 for Connor. Uh, for everyday ramblings from those guys uh, but that's otherwise that guys that's us of course we'll be back next week or this weekend actually with a review for Power uh-huh. Rangers so you can look forward to that thanks for watching guys and we will see you next time bye in French <laughs>